hi there. Welcome back to the Sweet Potato Podcast, a podcast about things that are excellent. Uh, I'm uh, one of your hosts. My name is Rick Larson. And with me, as always, are my other hosts who will introduce themselves. Go ahead, Jose. Introduce yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. Hi. Uh, or they will I'm... introduce each other. <laughs> I'm Jose. Here's I'm our other host, Rebecca. Hey. Uh, yeah, I'm Rebecca. That's it. <laughs> That's yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and we will. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i uh we were uh describing uh movies that we had seen uh before uh before we got on the mic and uh i oh you know what i'm gonna save mine to be my recommendation because i do have an an unreserved uh uh movie to recommend um that uh well i'll just i'll, I'll just do it i'll just jump yeah. right in I'm curious. Uh, I'm going to recommend the film uh, The Boy and the Heron. Oh, nice. Oh, Which is being uh, touted as Hayao Miyazaki's final film. Uh, It's one that he's been working on for a while. Um, And if you have not seen it, I recommend uh, going in knowing just absolutely as little as possible. Like Interesting. If if it's it was too much to even know the title, like just go to the theater and and tell them to put <laughs> you into say just I want to see a movie, um, and then hope that that's the one they pick for you. Um, yeah. Have you ever gone to a movie and not known anything about what you were about to see? Um, uh, yeah, I. I try like if there if I hear about a movie that I think I would want to see, I try not to uh, like see any trailers about it. Uh, but your question totally is relevant to something that popped up in my head because I think it's not as common anymore to just go to a movie theater and be like, "Huh, what's playing?" and then right. choosing based off of what's you know what is this playing that you may know nothing about. Yeah. That's true. Um, I had always wanted to see a movie that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know the title. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know anything like the premise. And the closest I thought I'd ever come was doing that for somebody else. And so I took my friend Nick to go see um, Little Miss Sunshine. And he didn't know anything about it. He was not a movie person. And he loved it. Obviously, it's a great movie. Um, But then, like, a few years later somebody asked if I would go to the movies with them. And I ended up seeing this movie. I didn't know the title. I didn't know anything about it. Um, And I still actually don't remember the title, but it was fascinating. Um, It wasn't a huge movie, but it was about this man who had been born in China and then became a ballet dancer um, Mm. in China. And then he, it was based on a true story. He came to America to do like a performance and he ended up defecting here in the States. I think while he was performing in San Francisco somewhere. Um, and it was, it wasn't all about the, about the de- defecting. It was mm-hmm. like his whole life, but it, um, it was such a great experience to like, just sit in a the theater um, 
the room goes dark the screen kind of lights up a little bit and everyone hushes and like you have no idea what you're about to watch for the next like hour and a half two hours it was great i highly recommend this isn't my recommendation but i recommend mm-hmm. that experience no, yeah that sounds amazing i think i think i might be a little too much of like a control person mm-hmm. but i yeah i can think of times when i've like not wanted to see a movie simply because somebody else recommended it to me. <laughs> no, I want to see the sure, one that yeah. I want to see. And yeah. I, I 100% am somebody who like reads reviews and yeah. watches trailers and to get excited for movies that are coming out. And like, yeah. I know for a while, I think it's still kind of in the out in the world, but for a while, when like when Marvel movies were new and I remember people being this way about uh, the last season or so of Breaking Bad where just spoilers were like the worst crime against humanity you could do. And you were the, <laughs> you were just the absolute like it got so intense with people like I want to just m- murder anyone who spoils a movie. Oh, yes. I, at some point I was like, no, I'm going to be the exact opposite. And like if somebody like oh wait i can't tell you this because it's a spoiler no spoil it for me i want (laughs) to dare you to spoil this movie like i i i used to listen to um a podcast that i only stopped because she stopped making it but um it was called uh switchblade sisters Mm -hmm. it was by the um writer april wolf who she would interview um different like uh, women who worked in film about uh-huh. their favorite genre movies, so like a horror movie or mm. a terrible action. It was mostly almost always horror movies, but every now and then somebody would have like a eighties action movie that they had a weird fondness for. And she would say every time, like you can pause it if you want to watch the movie first, or, you know, it's, it's not what happens, but how it happens that makes a movie right. worth watching. So yeah, I tend to, um, I didn't, in the case of The Boy and the Heron, I was like, I watched the trailer a couple times, but I intentionally did not read anything about it or know what I was getting into. Um, and I will say that it is very, very uh, weird. And like, it's another travel to another like fantasy land kind of story that mm-hmm. um, he really loves. So there's a lot of... Um, uh, strange creatures and stuff like that so i'm in i'd like yeah. it yeah i hear great things about it i've even heard some people say that they think um it should win the oscar for best film oh so, i would yeah i would yeah. i would not uh i would not grumble because it's yeah. yeah it's very very uh very touching and very moving and has an animated film ever won for best film? Do we know? Like, I'm not a huge Oscar person. Uh, but, um, I don't think so, right? Like, I know that they've probably been nominated for best films, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's one. They did one year, like, create a special category rather than give it to, I can't remember now what Disney film it was. Was it Beauty and the Beast? It might have been Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, they're like, well, we just, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Like the first one, the first one, right? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, I guess the one that was animated, obviously. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And that's how we got the best animation um, category? Category? I think so, yeah. I think I it was know. specifically like, we we it's just can't. It would be, yeah, it would, yeah, who knows? <laughs> our, yeah. our, uh, our faces would melt if we... <laughs> said that a cartoon was the best picture (laughs) so yeah i just looked it up apparently yeah in 1991 it was beauty and the beast got nominated uh alongside Mm. a bunch of films uh including uh the ultimate winner uh silence of the lambs (laughs) so that's quite the yeah uh and then in 2009 uh up was uh nominated and then uh, 2010, oh, okay. Toy Story 3, uh, which it's it's really like I've I don't even know if I've seen Toy Story 3 in its entirety, mm. and not just like it's clips so and whatnot. Yeah, um, it really, yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, I think Ratatouille, I think, is Pixar's um, pinnacle achievement. Um. Oh, I love that too. Yeah, that one is great. It's a good one. Um, I'm still probably my sentimental favorite is probably still Inside Out. Oh, that is a really good one. Yeah, Inside Out was. Yeah, yeah I, I, I did say sentimental, not meaning to make it about my feelings, but <laughs> <laughs> but that movie is literally about my feelings. So yes, it's true. Yeah, that is a really good one. Yeah. Um. So what if a movie, like, so I I guess what I'm trying to ask is Mm -hmm. an animated movie could never be best movie? Is that what that animation category does? Like, if you're an animation movie, you you can only be best animated movie. You can't be best movie or. Yeah, I, I don't know. I. Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs like, of the politics <laughs> of it, but I think that I think that was the that was the intent. And I do know that just a handful of years ago, I was oh. on some uh, forum or maybe somebody screened. Like I don't know how I came to stumble upon this conversation, but there's a small segment of the population who was super mad that uh parasite won best picture oh because it should only have been eligible there in these commenters opinions it should only have been eligible for best foreign language film interesting like even though the the awards and the categories for a hundred years have never said like yeah best english language picture right bothered that a subtitled foreign film uh made it and i was like this conversation is making me feel icky and i'm gonna go rent that movie again just to (laughs) just (laughs) especially because like the artist one not that long ago well i guess it was long no not that long ago yeah no language in it it's not english was that that was a french film right wasn't it um i believe yeah i believe it was produced in france that that one is is also very high. I think, I don't know. I think we all have this like mental list somewhere of like the the ones that we've never seen that we really need want, want to like 
that one's pretty high on my list of like and i i have heard mixed things like a lot of people were kind of mad on it but yeah at the same time kind of it sounds it. like extremely my thing like <laughs> is it like the silent movie part or like silent the movie part sounds really okay. good and just yeah. the yeah yeah and maybe yeah. that's it because i don't yeah. know very much else about it um you probably like it then yeah 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 that's good um and because well it's also like about the silent era which i'm very fascinated right. by that the, the dog's really good in it i think it's yeah. the dog from um it's the fraser dog that's in it oh i love the fraser dog yeah, yeah. the fraser dog's really good i used to know his real name oh it's not fraser dog <laughs> yeah fraser dog yeah <laughs> um no that's the um that's the uh uh oh shoot i was gonna Say that's the hot dog they have at the <laughs> stadium in Seattle. I almost said Boston. I'm like, which one is more <laughs> known for Fraser? I guess it's uh, he's more he's Cheers is Boston, and Fraser himself is very Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, in discussing the animated versus live action movie, I was wondering mm -hmm. right now. I was like, well, what if it was um a movie like who framed roger rabbit like obviously that should have gotten all the oscars mm -hmm. um, and like you'd have to straddle a bunch of um different categories um mm -hmm. but then i was wondering what are your thoughts gentlemen on the film who framed roger rabbit classic right love yeah. it yes yeah. yes yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago, got uh, like just sort of impulsively like, I need to show this to my kid. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we rented it or we tracked it down somewhere. And uh, there's a scene with Yosemite Sam. Oh. And he like, catches his butt on fire and yells, my biscuits are burning. <laughs> my biscuits are burning. My biscuits yeah, are burning. And he's like hopping around on fire. And <laughs> and uh, my daughter, about, like I said, six or seven at the time, was like, that guy's really funny. Who is that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, they don't show kids the old 40s Looney Tunes anymore. Oh. It's not a required part of the curriculum like it was when we were growing up. Like. We yeah, had cursive, was... and we had and we had uh, weird caricatures of Humphrey Bogart that we didn't understand. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, he has has no <laughs> frame of reference for any of that. So we went out and like tracked it down and uh, uh, showed her some of those and some of the the Animaniacs from the nineties. Oh, nice! Which when they brought it back, she was like super excited, like, oh yay! And watched. Uh, watched all of those that's awesome yeah it's hard to believe that kit because like most of what i learned about culture like mm -hmm. like cultural maybe not cultural norms but like certainly like cultural um what are they called like tropes yeah um, those all come from those old cartoons like yeah like where else did you hear classical music but right exactly. cartoons and die hard was right. the two um, <laughs> or like the futility of anything like if you don't watch 
Roadrunner versus um yes. versus the coyote. Yeah. Like how do you learn about like Sisyphus um <laughs> rolling <laughs> something up a, up a hill, you know? Yes. A Sisyphean task of right, uh, the Sisyphean task, exactly. Painting tunnels on the sides of cliffs. Right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 It's so it's so wild to me that those things were just like and part of it was just, you know, trying to fill hours and hours of content. Like, well, we have these old these old movies. Let's just so <laughs> like yeah. Like we used to the have the Marx brothers were just on TV all the right. time. Yeah. Yeah, I think Channel Five used to show um the Three Stooges when mm-hmm. I was a kid um, on Saturday mornings, um, like real early before the mm-hmm. cartoons started. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of like human cartoons. Yes. Do you have any strong opinions about the Three Stooges? Love them or hate them? Um, I was never a huge fan. I'm not a yeah. huge slapstick person. It makes mm-hmm. me very nervous. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like that, <laughs> as, as you should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a lot of anxiety, like, and like the tradition that it spawned of like, um, like movies, like, um, what's the one where Ben Stiller, um, is trying? It's Ben Stiller is like meeting his in-laws, <gasps> and like Owen Wilson is in it, and he builds like the hoopah for. His oh, oh, okay. I was thinking of a different Ben Stiller movie, I think, but um, is it uh, me and you and Dipree or something like that? No, I don't, no. I don't think it was that one. Um, is it Meet the Fockers? Meet the Parents? Maybe it is Meet the Fockers. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I think it is Meet the Parents. Yeah. Yes. That whole genre of movies where it's like somebody... It's just antic after antic and after antic. I just, I can't uh-huh. take it. It makes me yeah. so nervous. I feel like <laughs> I'm going to come out of my skin. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, even though I know how movies behave, like I know like everything's yeah. going to be fine. Um, I, I just can't handle it. I cannot handle it. What no, do you I get think? it. I get it. I have a little bit of nostalgic fondness for the Three Stooges mm-hmm. because like you said, they were everywhere when we were right. growing up. And sometimes every once in a while they have some some funny moments. Sometimes they are a little too quick to the violence. And I like somebody falling down is funny. Sure. Somebody like slapping another person less funny. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. And so I always kind of think of them as like your funny uncle. Like yeah. Yeah. They're not that funny, but it is kind of like, oh, it's my uncle and he's a little funny. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is big uncle energy. Yes. That, yes. That the, that the three stooges have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's why I always liked the Marx brothers more is because they were more wordy and yes. more yes. um like anything physical is kind of like more kind of high concept physical. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I always preferred the Marx Brothers too. If we're talking about black and white comedians. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were they're definitely my favorites from then. I always tell this story that in high school we would have like every year in English class, we would have a big research project where we had to like 
read some books and cite some sources. And <laughs> I did, um, and I was not smart enough to like save the paper and recycle it, but <laughs> um, I my topics for four years of high school, my research projects were the Marx Brothers, <laughs> Marx Brothers, uh, Hank Aaron, and the Marx Brothers. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's good. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they I liked that they were all like each of them different and yes. whereas like and I guess the the three stooges kind of had slightly different personalities. Like one of them was marginally smarter than the other two. Right. Just, like bossed them around. <laughs> and he um, had like a much well maybe not much he had a shorter temper and like felt like he was the boss of everybody yeah oh yeah 100 percent. Yep. yeah more responsible and more more easily fed up um mm -hmm. than the other two yeah mm -hmm. yep um but uh yeah the other one that was also kind of a favorite of mine but i didn't see them as often and then i got more into them later as an adult is laurel and hardy yeah oh yeah, yeah. those are good yeah. yeah and occasionally they will like lose their temper with each other but they were not quite so slap happy as the three students like the three students are known for poking each other in the eyes <laughs> yeah uh, laurel and hardy are mostly known for like trying to push a piano up the stairs <laughs> like, you know, sisyphus again <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I watched uh, a lot of uh, Laurel and Hardy because on Sunday afternoons in Phoenix on Channel Five, they would have like the afternoon movies or whatever, yeah. they, you know, however they presented them, and mm -hmm. they were almost always, uh, I don't know, at least one Sunday uh, per month, uh, and usually like I feel like two or three Sundays. Uh, there was uh, it was Laurel and Hardy, uh, some Laurel and Hardy or uh, Laurel and Hardy movie, but then they also did rotate in uh, Marx Brothers movies as well. Um, but I, I definitely have seen uh, just a bunch of Laurel and Hardy, and yeah, not as not as uh, <laughs> immediately violent as violent as Three Stooges movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I also think that like you know because it's two people versus three like the dynamic is a little bit more i i don't know there's yeah. there's a there's less chaos because there's just one less person to to slap around yeah yeah that's a great point one yeah. of my yes that's what it was yeah one of my favorite things that they do that um is like very unrealistic but i love it like plays out very well in the the world of their 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 shorts especially the 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 feature length movies are a little i don't know a little draggy for me sometimes but um, they have this thing they do when they're kind of in a very like immature fight where like one of them will stop and like pull the other one's shirt open and then slowly pour a glass of water down his shirt and the other <laughs> one just stands there and waits for it to be done <laughs> He's like, okay well, now it's my turn and he'll like take a bucket and throw it on the other one but they they will very patiently wait their turn <laughs> the other one, like smears paint on them or 
or or whatever uh, fills his hat with soup. It's always a favorite of mine. That is a good bit. Yeah. There is. Oh, this could also be. I'm hogging all the recommendations now, but um, <laughs> there is a book fairly recently. I uh, I had it in my on my shelf for about a year before I ever got around to actually reading it. But um, in the 40s, maybe even the 30s, late 30s, early 40s, um, Salvador Dali was a big fan of Harpo in particular. Oh, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I feel oh, now I'm starting to feel like I maybe I've told this story on here before, but um, it's too late now. I got to barrel through. I don't think um, so. I've never heard this story. Okay. So he was a big fan of Harpo. They even like visited. He gave Harpo a harp that was made of barbed wire instead of strings. <laughs> um, and he wrote a 70 page treatment for his idea of a Marx Brothers movie. 70 pages? 70 pages. That uh, is... Very detailed, yeah. very Salvador Dali. Like, I'd um, love to read that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I believe Groucho and probably a lot of people at the studio were like, no, this is not a Marx Brothers movie. Like, this is... Oh. It's very surreal. Sure. And... Uh, and they their characters are very different and most of the screen time is given to harpo but somebody five or six years ago chased around to get all the rights from uh the like salvador dali estate and the marx brothers estates and uh commissioned an artist and they did it as a graphic novel oh so and it's called uh giraffes on horseback salad <laughs> um and it's definitely not a Marx Brothers movie although there are some some jokey parts in it and yeah. it maybe was intended like to send it through some of their regular joke writers and add jokes later mm, um, but yeah there's a surreal woman and like a high society uh kind of villain who's in love with her and uh, but then like hates her and wants to stop her. And yeah, it's very, very bizarre and weird and uh, has the Marx Brothers popping in and out of it. Um, so yeah, that's recommendation number two. That sounds really interesting at least. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, sounds good. Giraffes on horseback salad. Giraffes on horseback salad. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, it sounds interesting. Um, actually, my recommendation is vaguely graphic um, novel-ish too. Um, it's a post that somebody um, wrote on Twitter, um, and it's a clip of The Simpsons. Um, it's a clip of what The Simpsons mm -hmm. sound like in France, um, or to like, <laughs> I guess, French-speaking audiences. So. Canada, maybe. Mm -hmm. or, um, oh, actually, I have some trivia about that. that oh, let's there are it. two different versions of the French Simpsons. Okay. So the is French Canadian, Canadian version, version is actually different. That's interesting. Why? Like, are there that many words that? Partially, one of the 
odd, and I don't know why this choice was made, as I understand it, as a non-French speaker. Sure. Um, so somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I read a whole article about it one time that, for whatever reason, the Canadian French version um, changes a lot of the, like, geographic references, like... They want to make fun of the South uh-huh. in in that they'll like make it about, I don't know, Saskatoon or something <laughs> like the more rural areas of Canada. And so they'll update the Canadian version will update those references, whereas the French version just straight translates it and is like, OK, well, we're just going to assume that people uh, know what we mean when we make fun of uh, Tennessee or whatever. <laughs> They don't translate it to like Provence. Or like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. Provincial it's... idiots. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, really funny. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm curious if this um, clip is from, um, if it's from French Canadian. If it's Quebec or, or yeah. yeah, if it's Quebec or, um, or like straight up France. Um, yeah. But it's a, I'm going to try to, if I play it, will it pick it up on the mic? Uh, I think so. I think so. I'm going to play it. Pendant que j'y pense, devine qui a été choisi pour accueillir la prochaine réunion de la NRA. Personne n'existe matin, pas de revolver à la table où on dit. T'as dit à la table où on déjeune. Mais c'est la même, Sam. Est-ce que même vous, c'est où sont passées toutes les assiettes? Okay, so... Um, so obviously that's Homer and Marge um, talking and the clip, you can see that like Marge is upset at whatever it is that, that Homer's um, doing, but I don't think like we Simpsons watchers here in America know that like Marge mm-hmm. can get upset, but she's never like unhinged. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like in, in France, I guess, uh, or like to French speaking audiences, um, she sounds fucking nuts like she's <laughs> insane <laughs> she sounds just like diabolical like she sounds like yeah. she's about to kill you um oh, but, we, yeah. but we know that like that's not what marge sounds like there's always something kind of like low-key passive aggressive about marge she doesn't ever really cross that boundary yeah um, yeah that's true which i don't know that it it begs a lot of questions like what is it that france Thing, or what is it that French speakers mm. think about us that they've like decided to make this choice about Marge? Um, or yeah, like, does yeah. that say more about what they think of us, or does that sound, or does it say more about like what's going on in their countries? <laughs> <laughs> their relationship with their moms. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it does, to my untrained ear, sound more uh french than than quebec but okay. good uh, to know yeah. if if you told me i was wrong i would believe you <laughs> um yeah that's that's interesting i have heard from behind the scenes stuff that in the simpsons writers room that for whatever mm-hmm. reason whenever somebody pitches uh a joke normally they'll just you know, oh, it would be funny if Homer said this. Or oh yeah, I think he told us this once. Yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, whenever you whenever you quote 
Marge, you have to do the voice. <laughs> nobody, nobody tells you you have to do it, and I hear it too because I do it myself. When I, when I, um, the other one that I haven't heard, but I definitely do it anytime I quote Hans Molman. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to do his voice. <laughs> I was saying booers. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only Simpsons voices I can do are um, Duffman and Nelson, <laughs> and Nelson's laugh. Like I think those are the only. Oh, okay. Okay. Two. Yeah. I used to have a pretty good mo, but I don't know that I can do it anymore. Oh, that's a good. That's a good one to have in your pocket. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good one. Yeah. How about you, Jose? Any Simpsons voices you can do? Uh, I don't think so <laughs> i think i think there are times when i when i will speak using a simpsons voice but mm-hmm. like only like i can only attempt in the moment because every time i think about doing one i overthink it and it just oh yeah, yeah. just yeah. uh gets jumbled in my head I, uh, so yeah especially on mic i'm afraid of the do you guys remember yeah. back in 2016 when somebody unearthed uh video of ted cruz doing all of the simpsons no oh my god oh that might be my that might be a recommendation yeah he was so bad at it but just so confident and so uh like uh and i was like oh no the worst person in the world likes the thing i like (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'm wrong yeah you feel like you're so far away from ted cruz that like like that he wouldn't even know what the Simpsons are, much yeah, less like yeah. love them enough to do do um impressions of them. This is wild. And it's wild that like a political candidate would ever like deign yeah, to do yeah. that in front of a microphone. How this is, is he, crazy. Yeah. How does he think this is winning him? <laughs> yeah. Well also yeah, also like yeah, I Wow. Yeah, that just I will I guess I will have to seek that out because definitely it's hard for my brain to like put that puzzle together. Like him. Yeah. Yeah. Him, just him, and then him doing Simpson voices and then whatever whatever like twisted version of those impressions. Yeah. yeah. That somehow makes sense to him as like right. you know, yes. it, uh, as uh yeah. Uh, yeah yeah. you will feel a little bit of empathy for how bad he is at it but at the same time you will be like your body will reject any attempt to endear (laughs) endearing like no i can't do it i would i would also love for someone like you know because this is also uh, or it's like relatively long ago where like conservative and it wasn't only conservatives but conservatives were having fits over the simpsons oh yeah yeah like uh you know literally i can't remember if it was george bush or his vice president uh quail quail yeah dan quail i think it was george bush who basically was like you know we we need families to be more like the uh, less like the simpsons and more like the waltons yes and uh and like so it's like and like you think about like what was uh, like arguably 
especially early, uh, you know, the early years of the Simpsons, arguably the Simpsons were more like an actual real family than, yes. mm. uh, you know, oh, than, yeah. Yeah. than what people thought. And because, uh, you know, obviously it got way more absurd and weird and like became a joke the, machine. Yeah, it became a joke machine. Um, but like, yeah, it was just like, uh, you know, the main the main thing about the Simpsons and I think what, you know, made them uh you know enduring early on was like oh they're you know they're screwed up in their own different ways but they still love each other and they mm -hmm. you know things work out just like real life kind of and yeah. uh and like yeah just the whole idea and but like i get that like you know also bart took off as like uh you Shorts know and yeah oh, yeah, yeah the naughtiest kid in the world yeah yeah and and you know i feel like I feel like for a long time it was like, oh, it's Bart. He's the star of the show. And then it kind of transitioned to like Homer being like the funniest mm -hmm. character because of, you know, I, it, right. it's interesting. And they, there's been, uh, I, there was a video essay that I saw uh, a couple years ago that kind of explores this about like, just like Homer, you know, Homer's a goofball and uh, not necessarily smart and then but like <laughs> then he just like becomes like super like this is a person with no brains because he just, <laughs> yeah it, it it was you know i because i i love the you know the stuff of like him being like eh, i'm gonna i'm gonna think really hard about something uh <laughs> so that was that was my terrible homer <laughs> impression um and uh and then you like you know they cut to the the inside of his head and it's like a couple of monkeys you know playing with rubik's cubes or whatever it is right banging um, on symbols yeah and because it's like <laughs> that's relatable because it's like oh that's how i am sometimes or it's like i'm supposed to be focused on this thing but my brain is just doing its own thing that's entirely uh random and ridiculous right. and then you're just like wow and then you know and the as the seasons progress it's like wow uh, homer is just uh, just not smart in a very unhinged way right uh mm -hmm. and, and like yeah there's you know th there's all sorts of uh there have been all sorts of uh conversations online about just like how he just goes to like from like okay goofball to like oh wow uh, uh, you know super ultra dumb and like nonsensically yeah. dumb yeah, that is such a weird transition that shows make from when their character, because like at the beginning of The Simpsons, Homer was just like raged at, like that's, he wasn't really dumb. He mm. was just like um, angry a lot. Yeah. And then they slowly transitioned to him being dumb. But like, as Jose was talking, I was thinking about like the same thing happened to Kevin on The Office where he just like slowly transitioned into like, yeah somebody who's really stupid and then mm -hmm. joey the same thing happened on friends where like he didn't start out being like super smart but he he wasn't like a super dummy at the beginning either and mm -hmm. then he just slowly became dumber and dumber as he got <laughs> older and older <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's a weird think, transition it's a weird yeah. choice for writers to make i guess when, i think yeah when and when shows last i don't know if there's a magic number like they last more than seven seasons but i do think yeah it, it, long-lived shows like that you end up at the end the characters are 
kind of caricatures of themselves. Yeah. Oh, sure. Or yeah. like the mash thing happens where they like kind of uh, like uh, give them like have them grow and become like mm. more balanced. Like, yeah, um, that's rarer. But yeah, yeah. I think because I think um, uh, and I, I have not ever done like a complete walk through of the entire parks and rec because i know they retooled the show in the first season and like changed it quite a bit yeah um for yeah. the better but yeah um, even beyond that like the the character of jerry oh yeah is kind of like ill-defined enough that he can be like whatever the story needs because i remember for a while yeah. he was yeah. just he was like just this very normal person that they disliked right for no reason and that was the joke like we don't right. know why we don't like this guy we just don't <laughs> but there's yeah. there's no he's not evil he's not particularly stupid he's not bad at his job he's just but then at some point i remember watching an episode later on and they did kind of make him into a bumbler and like he there, I can't even remember how but he was like putting a belt on and he got it tangled up in the chair that was next <laughs> to him and he was like I was like wait is the joke that he is stupid or that he's not like it was very <laughs> very confusing and then yeah. I think I think one season they even like changed his name and made him go along with it and I'm like oh that's right yeah, yeah I don't I don't understand this show show sometimes like sometimes it's great and sometimes it's just confusing right yeah well to bring it kind of back to what we were talking about at the beginning where like ted cruz would like it's so it's so um like disruptive to find out that your enemy also likes your like what you're into yes. Yes. and they love it it reminds me of um as you probably know like norman lear passed away um, a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and I remember hearing that like that one of the reasons that all in the family was so hugely popular with the entirety of America was because the people who saw it as a satire thought it was really funny and like saw Archie Bunker as mm -hmm. um like this idiot right like only like yeah bigoted, oh yeah yeah like a bigoted um sexist homophobic creep would talk this way and like he's portrayed as this big dummy and then all of the people of america who um honestly held those values also found him to be like bold and courageous and like mm. <laughs> he was telling it like it like it really was so like they weirdly yeah, yeah. like they were weirdly playing to these two di different audiences mm -hmm. um to the yeah. and i think i heard yeah i heard this on fresh air the other day that that for the first few airings of All in the Family, they had this um, disclaimer at the beginning that talked about, that was basically like, none of us here at NBC or ABC, whatever it was, um, maybe CBS, um, are endorsing Archie Bunker's philosophy. Wow. And, yeah. um, like we find his point of view to be very disgusting and what have you and mm -hmm. um, and they only ran that disclaimer for like 
two or three episodes and then they stopped doing it. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, they replaced it with a, a disclaimer saying like, we actually very distinctly support Yes, yes. <laughs> Bunker's thoughts, and they he he speaks for all of us. Right. Yeah, we're sure that he does for you. Precisely, uh, like it seems like such oh, a cash yeah. grab to be like. Actually, if you're into him, we're into him, and if you're not into him, we're not into him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking about when when Jose was talking about the the like '90s backlash towards The Simpsons that. Yeah. Um, uh, married with children was kind of oh, right. on, at the same time and not necessarily doing, definitely doing something very different, but yeah. um, I think went through some kind of growing pains where they weren't yeah. really sure if they were making fun of Al Bundy or supporting him. Right. Oh, interesting. And, and I think it, I think it kind of shifted over the years because, and my family, like, that was like appointment television. They <laughs> loved it. And I think some of it was that, like, actually identifying with oh, Ed Bundy more than instead of Al Bundy. But, um, so kind <laughs> of gross. But, like, I remember the show changing over the years where there was a long run where they would just totally like every episode would end with what would be financial ruin for anyone else. Just like the, anything that wrong that could happen to Al Bundy happened. Yeah. And then yeah. there was a phase where he was like, had a like women hating club and it was oh, kind right. of portrayed as like the cool thing. Like it was like, of yeah. course, I, of course I hate women. I'm a man. And like, right. yeah, it's kind of not great. No, but, um, not great. Yeah. Um, although like very much like it, it's really interesting oh so kind of along those lines uh, I, we've probably mentioned I the you know Netflix sketch show I think you should leave which is you know has oh, two yeah. seasons oh, now yeah. Um, but like yeah there's one of the yeah one of the sketches is like a bunch of dudes hanging out at someone's house and they're you know uh, joking around talking and like a lot of it is like oh my wife what a you know uh, <laughs> what a nag and this right. and mm. and like uh and I'm really glad I'm glad that this sketch called it out in a really funny way of just like uh having having one of the the dudes be like you know uh, says some like sort of silly oh I remember the thing exactly about uh, like yeah, if my uh, if that were my wife, I'd be you know clogging down a few beers too or whatever. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, implying that like you need the escapism of alcohol to <laughs> to deal with being married to a human woman, right? right. Um, mm -hmm. And then like just him having flashbacks of like all the times that uh, she supported him, and then like him oh, you know, yeah. kind of coming back to the present and being like. I don't know why I said that. I love my wife. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, because it's like, it, it is seriously so weird that there is just like a distinct, uh, like, uh, uh, I don't know, this thing in comedy. I mean, obviously very male dominated comedy where it's like, oh, I hate my wife. Right. Oh, mm -hmm. my girlfriend. What a pain in the ass. Right. And it's right. just like, it's like, uh, that's so weird that that became a thing that was like, you know, I 
it's it all come i i mean i could trace it back to like you know uh people's belief systems and shittiness or whatever but yeah it's just so uh weird that that was just accepted just as like oh that's hilarious that guy hates his wife just like i do i guess you know whatever it was yeah that stuff always made me so uncomfortable and like like ill at ease yeah I'd be like, well, then why did you marry her? Like, what is going on? Like, I just never understood it. Yeah. And yeah, it just always made me really tense. Probably because yeah. my mom, like my parents got divorced when I was really young. And like, I didn't know what living in a house with a dad was like. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, is this what it's supposed to be like? Because why am I wishing that they had stayed together if this is Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, similarly, I think like the tendency for writers to show families where like the dad is just like this dumb dolt is like, like that was just such a prototypical CBS Mm -hmm. um, family stereotype that just like never, it was just like evergreen just year after year of these sitcoms where like the mom and the kids were, you know, smart and like, somehow savvy to like manipulate the dumb husband like it was just Mm -hmm. so such an unfortunate setup and it was like to what end are we doing this (laughs) like why yeah yeah what is the point of of this exactly yeah I never understood it yeah I think you know I think some of it like I'm sure somewhere along the way because it's like you know people in relationships uh you know, there are all sorts of types of relationships <laughs> that, that span right. the spectrum of like how well people to get get together. But sure, yeah. you know, there I think it's just natural for for you know certain relationships where it's like, oh, that thing about you know, I love this person, but this thing that they do like drives yeah. me a little bonkers or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm mm-hmm. I'm wondering like, you know, some of that is like, you know, because comedy at certain, you know, different types of comedy, um, there's a certain strain of them that like, oh, it you're exaggerating sure, you know, yeah. the truth of something to mm-hmm. like make a point or whatever, or or just to just even the exaggeration is what's comedic. So it's like right. <laughs> yeah, but then if you just follow that through line, it's kind of like the, you know, uh Homer starting out as like you know kind of being a little bit out of it and then just like progressively getting dumber right. and it's like mm-hmm. uh, so just like exaggerating that and it's like <laughs> just the natural end point is just men being hateful towards women <laughs> right. and, and like leaning on that to get laughs and yeah. unfortunately like it still works but it's like such a weird Mm-hmm. uh weird thing and i'm really glad that i think you should leave has that sketch because it's like <laughs> just so bizarre because it totally does come down what to what you mentioned rebecca about like wait don't you love this person and it's like yeah you could mm-hmm. you know you might there might be a thing that they do or that they you know that drives you nuts but it's like for sure i don't yeah. know yeah it, it's just so weird that that's a that that became a thing yeah. um you know uh, and i guess it also like you know the classic uh henny youngman joke of like uh you know yeah yeah joke if it was like if it's a it's a good joke if it's like it's a good joke setup i guess like the construction is good it's just yeah. like oh yeah the, topic, the, 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 the topic wordplay is, is yeah the wordplay is very good and it yeah 
Although I will admit that I heard that kind of as like the classic, like Henny Youngman stand up old fashioned, like right. I heard it as a reference out of context for yeah. years as yes, a kid. Same, and same. I never could figure out how that was a joke. Like it doesn't make any, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah. I, I like in <laughs> high school, I saw somebody do it. Might even have been in the movie Shakes the Clown. Uh, somebody <laughs> said, take my wife, for example. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> what he's saying. Oh, no, yeah. it's funny. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, I could I not thought of that in years, but I used to be so confused by that. Well, what's your recommendation, Jose? Uh, so my recommendation actually is not a piece of media or a book or anything. Uh, you know what? I really have like in the sound is going to sound like so <laughs> it's going to sound so normy and so. Mm -hmm. uh live laugh love but love it uh, i have been i've gotten you know i don't know i've had gratitude journals before uh i think it's mm -hmm. it helps with mindfulness but like i haven't uh i haven't stuck with it uh like i have in the last like since i want to say since like september or october and oh, nice. uh yeah because it's like yeah. i don't know i like this is good yeah, I pull in, uh, you know, a ton of information, just like all of us, uh, sure. because yeah. of the internet. Mm -hmm. And there's like, a, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I stumbled across some video where someone was talking about like, uh, you know, things that make a difference in uh, in doing creative work, or, or, you know, sitting down and just getting work done. And uh, they started going into like, yeah, uh, that having a, a form of a gratitude journal, whether you call it that or not um but yeah i've gotten into just uh yeah writing down just things i'm thankful for uh just keeping it really simple because i think that that's kind of the key to you know keeping it up mm -hmm. as like an ongoing habit uh uh you know yeah. uh, like writing down three things that i'm uh grateful for and then uh even like what are like three things that i'm looking forward today uh and i've noticed oh, it yeah and like you know the guy in the video was correct it like uh it can it really helps uh to kind of uh you know uh, a you know a certain level of mindfulness and you know there are way more mm -hmm. different practices that people can undertake for that yeah but it also is just like uh, uh i think the main thing that it has been helpful with for me has been like uh just like for those bad days that happen um yeah. and or, and i usually start out in the morning and i try to do it before i like hop on my phone or you know get online or whatever mm -hmm. um because it just seems to go uh <laughs> better that way i have a, i have a better chance of actually sitting down and writing uh <laughs> before i you know jump into uh the world of like here are all of the opinions in the world all at once no, sure. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I think what it's been helpful for me uh, has been like, uh, yeah, it, you know, you start your day out that way. And like, uh, you know, even if your your day does not go uh, as you planned or as you mm -hmm. wanted, uh, it kind of helps keep things in check, at least for me, because I know that I can get really like 
oh, this was a terrible day. Now my like, uh, mm. now the rest of my week is you know terrible yeah. or oh, yeah, you know, that yeah. Kind of yeah, stuff. So uh, I found it in helpful in mm. that way. Uh, okay. And uh, yeah, that's my that's my recommendation as far as like uh, just a great a, one. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, actually, yeah. and you know, because I you know I do. Uh, a lot of writing for a lot of different things and uh and i had even started doing this uh years ago before like keeping uh a gratitude journal but like uh i've <laughs> i usually try to start in the morning with like writing a little haiku just for me oh wow uh, oh yeah, yeah. only because beautiful. yeah only because like you know i uh, like i said i you know do copywriting but and then you know writing jokes and writing you know uh, for all of these different purposes but yeah. like uh i think it's nice to just like get a little bit of like <laughs> flex a little flex of the creative muscle of just writing for fun or just to entertain yourself or mm -hmm. just to mm -hmm. for pure expression and not having to like have a goal for it so that's uh, so yeah, and it's just like mm. a small, silly way to just do that, and then uh, yeah, so that's that's what I recommend, or at least that's my. Uh, I don't even know if I want to call it a recommendation uh, as much as like this is something that's been good for me at least. I love it. I yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's probably unspoken in any recommendation is like this thing really worked for me. I <laughs> enjoyed yeah, yeah. this book, or yeah, but yeah. um. I, but I also I think it could help benefit other people. I know Karen is much better about doing like gratitude journaling and things like that. Um, I did do Inktober this year. What's that? Okay. And that is just where you get. I'm not so online anymore, so I don't know yeah. what all the, month, the special months are. So Inktober is they usually sometime in September put out a list of prompts usually like one or two word prompts okay for every day of the month of october and so you get up on uh you know monday and you look and oh today's word is pointy or hmm. something like that and i did i actually did two um i did the regular inktober which has been running for a couple of years now i've never done it before hmm. um and then somebody is putting out a book it's it's already come out actually i meant to pre-order it and i forgot but um it's about just like weird it's it's from an instagram account i don't know if it came before the book or after but um it's called weird medieval guys and it's just all those weird little margins in medieval manuscripts all the little drawings oh yeah <laughs> and so there's a there's a collection of them specifically called weird medieval guys that just came out this fall that's good um, and they did one where they they were all themed after like so there was like fighting rabbits and uh oh i did see that guys yeah. riding snails and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. and i did their prompts i didn't necessarily do them in the medieval style very often i did a couple of them that way but um uh that was a very kind of fun exercise to like take those prompts and come up with some sort of loose interpretation of them yeah but yeah the the doing like that creative 
thing, especially like you said at the start of the day, is is pretty great. And I uh, I stopped drawing every day at breakfast after that, but I think I'm gonna try to try to pick it up for um, for the new year mm. and keep it going. I also um, got into there is an app. Uh, for children, my child actually uh, discovered it and sent it to me. Um, it's going around in her friend group. It's called Finch. Yeah, and it very much. Have you heard of Finch? I I am. Uh, I do. Yes, I have the app. Although, so Nina and I, I, I'll let you explain it, but okay. I will tell you how Nina and I have been using it. Oh, great, great. So yeah, so it's kind of a, I would say like a mental health kind of just being in touch with your feelings kind of app but you huh. get you sign up and you get a little bird and you grow your bird through the days like after a week it becomes a toddler and then after a month it becomes a child um, and it goes on these little daily adventures but you also can send sort of pre-scripted messages to your friends on it and be like uh, I like your outfit today, or here's a hug, or something like that. And you, as you go on, you get little outfits that you can dress up your bird. And and uh, am I missing anything, Jose? Uh, no. Yeah. That's oh, you set goals best. for yourself also. Yes. And then yeah. you can reflect on things as well. Yeah, it's kind of a yeah, it's kind of a mix of like a mood tracker slash goal setting or like uh yeah reminder thing and like oh habit kind of habit tracking and habit uh i don't know habit fostering mm -hmm. um yeah like for you know good positive habits for yourself yeah yeah so like i get like three points every day if i brush my teeth that kind of thing oh nice yeah. this yeah. sounds cool i've never heard of it i'm gonna think about doing it <laughs> yeah so what's funny uh, so yeah i am i have i started i found out about finch i think like over the summer and i downloaded it and i was doing it for a couple days and i was like and i sent <laughs> i think i like there were a few people that i like was like oh you you're into like cute oh you know i i mentioned it to some folks that i know uh are into uh animal crossing because oh, it kind sure. of also it has that element of like, oh, you're it. It has the classic Animal Crossing slash Tamagotchi thing, okay. uh, Neopet, where it's like, oh, you are in charge of this thing to take care of, and you take care of it by taking care of yourself and this and that. And uh, and then I got Nina into it, and like after a week, I like stopped using it, uh, only because like <laughs> I don't know, I was just getting really overwhelmed about mm -hmm. like all they're like because it started out uh, like just like figuring out like okay what are uh, just all these different choices to make and yeah. it reminds me of also why i you know stopped playing animal crossing because it was like <laughs> animal crossing new horizons on switch during the pandemic uh mm -hmm. it was a great outlet and a great way to forget terrible things and also <laughs> to be able to interact with people and check out the cool little uh islands that they had made um but i just like it at some point it just becomes like oh now i'm just like 
this is now this game is about managing things and, and like yeah. Yeah. and so like i started to feel uh same thing with like uh yeah. I, I used to like I, i've played since pokemon go was released in 2016 uh there have been like a uh, like i'm currently on a big long break uh but like at some point it's like oh it now it's just i have to file all of these pokemon as to where i want them to be and what you know Mm -hmm. how i'm going to use them and so then it's like okay well this isn't fun really um in any case so nina's (laughs) dina has kept up with her finch and meanwhile my my app sends me messages (laughs) from my from my thing that's like hey how are you doing or like well that would i mean i i don't know that that would be just as it's almost more uh, it makes me more feel feel more guilty, not being purposely guilt tripping me by because it's like, um, it, that's like so, at, yeah. yeah yeah at nine yeah. nine p.m. at nine p.m. it sends me a message it's like you know uh, time to start unwinding for bed or whatever, and I yeah I just think in the same way that I kind of left Animal Crossing behind, I just think <laughs> of my Animal Crossing island like it's chaos everything's on fire (laughs) like all this stuff has happened without me uh there to to steer it and that's kind of how i think of like whatever my little finch bird was that like it's uh, clearly suffering because i've not given it any attention oh that's yeah oh man that's that's almost a movie pitch right there (laughs) yeah i'll say somebody discovers like their they visit their visiting their parents or something for the holidays. I'm like, oh, I remember when I used to play this game. Yeah. Turn it on, and like a whole civilization <laughs> has has evolved, and like <laughs> an evil king or something. I'm like, oh no, everyone's <laughs> naked and like killing each yeah. other. <laughs> yeah, Lord of the Flies has happened. <laughs> my uh-huh. friend, my friend once forgot about her Furby, and she had like left it under her bed for years, and she pulled it out like she was cleaning it under her bed and she found it and um she turned it on and it was like oh long sleep <laughs> like she felt horrible <laughs> it made her feel so bad <laughs> oh that's funny oh man. oh man i i just had a memory pop into my head that is not the same thing at all but uh when i was probably still in high school I had uh, a Fishbone album on cassette. Uh-huh. And a lot of times in those days, like one side of the album would be significantly longer than the other. Mm-hmm. And on vinyl, you don't really notice, but on right. cassette, like there's yeah. no, so it would just be a lot of silence. And then I had a stereo that would flip the tape over automatically or play the other side automatically. Mm-hmm. And I fell asleep listening to it one time. And there was a huge, a long, several minutes of silence um, at the end of the side one. And then side two opens up with this kind of normally not ominous sounding at all, but just like, I can't even remember some spoken thing, like with a lot of reverb and echo. And he like <laughs> comes on and like, you will join us now. Oh, gosh. And I remember that waking me up and i just <laughs> freaked out because i did not know who was talking to me just like oh my god oh, oh 
And it, it took me probably 10 solid minutes to realize like, oh, what tape <laughs> I had fallen asleep to and and go back and see. Yeah. Yeah. It was like you had portaled into like the forbidden zone. In yeah. And yeah. you're sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, well, I have to go, you guys. I have to go um, rent a carpet cleaner because I am a sexy rock and roll type person. That's yeah. That makes sense. I uh, okay. Well, I will tell you about the time I rented a carpet cleaner, and somebody <laughs> had apparently used it right before me. Oh no! And not cleaned it before they returned it, but apparently oh. they had vacuumed up a bird. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think probably like we're cleaning up after a very messy bird. But oh, there were so many feathers in this thing that I'm like, I think <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this and find like an entire parrot skeleton. I was so mad. <laughs> Wow. I, I rented this thing to clean my house and now I'm cleaning for you. It sucks. So hopefully your experience is better than mine. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure while I'm still at the place that like it's mm-hmm. ready to go and I don't have to um deal with anybody's bird um, yeah. <laughs> bird refuse. It's so gross. Entire bird. All right. Well, I think yeah, we'll wrap up that with uh, is gonna do it for another exciting episode uh thanks to uh brad for our theme music you can find him at copper boogie music and i know he um has a new album out uh, ah, this brad, i didn't know that yeah this is exciting yep okay i'm gonna check it out yeah copper boogie yep thank you brad and thank you jose yeah, thank you, Rebecca and Rick and Re- and almost said Rebecca again. But yeah, Rebecca <laughs> is totally worthy of multiple. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> multiple all, the, all the gratitude uh, in the world. And, I was just uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm grateful for the two of you. Mm, oh, this has been a nice 2003 with you two in it. Thank you. Oh, thanks. We will. Uh, let's all go uh, write about it in our gratitude journals, and oh, well. I'm going to come back next time and and uh, with new, all new recommendations, possibly uh, our favorite minor league baseball teams. Oh yeah, oh, we yeah. didn't talk about that. Yeah, okay, that's right. That's a great episode. Okay, next time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.